Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This, I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. Money plane, huh? Uh, uh, I gotta be honest, for... I have no idea why you, like, said yes to that. Uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to take a chance. And I feel like I did an exceptionally out... good job of convincing you that it was going to be a fun movie. And that <laughs> well, wasn't true, well, was it? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't hate it. Um, <laughs> hate this is it another now. one. This is another one of those movies where I feel like there's a decent movie, not a good movie, but a decent action movie in this, like the budget stuff, the shitty gun effects. I'm fine with all that. (laughs) First, I'm going to talk about the things that I liked about this movie. And then we need to move on to the things that I didn't care so much for. (laughs) So things I liked. The casting is really good. And every single actor in this movie tried their damnedest. Yes, they did do the best job they could. Now we're going to go to the bad stuff. I don't know, was this a writer-slash-director situation, or what are we looking at here? It had to be writer. It feels like it. It takes more than one flint to start a fire. Yeah. That's not how flints work. You need a flint <laughs> and a striking stone to start a fire, and you multiple flints will do you no good unless you plan to run out of them or something. So that's Ooh, why we could never save old Bessie. That's right. Fire, well-known cure for live, li- uh, livestock. Uh, this movie actually has a twist in it, but it's not, <laughs> I don't think, intentional. And the twist is this. When we first meet Fraser, oh, I'm sorry, what was his name? Uh, he had a great name. Dr. Fraser Crane. No, no, the character name. Darius Emmanuel Grouch Third. Thank you. A.K.A. Yes. Also known Rumble. as The Rumble. Yes. When we meet Fraser, you think he's going to be the exposition guy. But twist, everyone is the exposition <laughs> guy. Every fucking character at some point in the movie turns, might as well be directly to camera and just explains the plot to you. And that, and that is why the main character of this movie spends 90% of the movie sitting in a fucking plane cockpit. I thought you were going to tell me that the twist was that the concierge can actually pronounce concierge and was just fooling us the whole time. Oh, well, that, that would have been, yeah. He's no. deep undercover. Yeah. <laughs> so look, I always appreciate a movie. You couldn't really call this a heist movie. You couldn't really call it any one type of movie. They kind of just put stuff together for the actors to do. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I can legally call it a heist movie. They do plan and attempt to execute a heist over the course of this movie. Let me, Fry, Fry let me put it this way. It's not a good heist movie. No, well, yeah. Watch so Hurricane if were, Heist. If you were pitching you this... this I'm not watching Hurricane Heist. I haven't seen Hurricane Heist, but I bet I would like it better than this. You absolutely you would. would. You should watch Hurricane Heist. No, I meant, the, sorry, I meant the other way around. I bet I would like Money Plane better than Hurricane Heist. No, Two you would Two stupidly not. titled movie. You say that, but this isn't even my least favorite movie. I'm, I'm ripping on it because it needs it. It needs that criticism. But honestly, this is, you remember when we watched that Viking movie and I was like, this could have been good? I feel that way about this movie. It would have been a silly action movie, but it's kind of a nice, simple plot. There's no, they're not, it's not trying to be anything that it isn't. It's just, someone needs to wait <laughs> I think till it's the writer trying to be lots of with, things that it isn't. 
Like a good a movie. movie. An action movie. A good so, movie. So, Fry, you, you, you have changed your position on the heist movie thing. You flip-flopped. It's trying to be a heist movie. You can call it a heist movie in the same way you can call... In the same way that cereal is soup. Would you recommend it to a heist movie fan uh, in Definitely, a podcast Definitely, as a study in non-examples. I, I yeah, don't know, no, I, don't I know, wouldn't guys. recommend, I, I recommend just, this to a heist movie fan. I don't have it in me to hate this movie. The good guys are good, even though they're thieves. The bad guys are bad. And it's not pretending to be some kind of like deep plot or try to embrace themes that just aren't in there. It also doesn't include any unnecessary themes. What it does have is about 50% too much fucking dialogue. The important thing was they got the bitcoins off that plane. Uh, that Thank that God. part was hilarious. If that's the only thing I would keep about this movie, because that cements <laughs> the stupidity of it. We've got the bitcoins on our thumb drive. Now let's parachute I, out the servers. I just, well, to be fair to them, they did say it was the wallet key. But in every other scene in the movie, they explained it like the bitcoins are in the computer like it was that level yeah no it's just a bunch of coins inside of a. it would that would have been the best wow anyway yeah i mean mean, i you know one star do not recommend but uh (laughs) if someone could get an editor uh to hold back that writer i'd say uh, yeah give another shot do something else i want the edge to be in more movies i i feel like he's got potential Uh, well either i I bet you i bet you they did this they and should have let him improvise. If you you have Kelsey Grammer playing a villain and he's obviously loving it, you should have let him like talk for half the movie. Now, remember they had different gambling rooms on the plane. Why wasn't one of them a wrestling ring? <laughs> this writes itself. Oh god, that would have been better. I also like uh, I forget his name. The actor who played the the really big guy, the the main character guy, um, Edge. Are we talking yeah, no, about the no, Edge? The, oh the. Oh, I forgot he had a code name. <laughs> Thomas. Yeah, Jane. that's his uh, wrestling name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah also, really y'all kept saying him. The Edge. It's not The Edge. It's just Edge. It's just Edge. I, right. I the forgot Edge that is a radio he, station. I, so I didn't follow wrestling when I was a kid, and I forgot that he was a wrestler. I really liked his performance. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I just... It's a shame he was in that movie. In fact, everyone did a really good job. It was just one of those things that... I think uh, the reason I want to see the Edge in more movies, or sorry, the reason I want to see the Edge <laughs> in more movies, get it right, is that something just looks very wrong when you try to put normal clothes on him. Like <laughs> he his, is a large like, man. His his physique is probably amazing under that shirt, but that shirt just isn't. It's just doing its best for a body. It was put not him in a suit. For. Why are those melons wearing a suit? <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta say, the guy looks like he's in great shape. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I he has a very... I've never seen him in wrestling, but to me, he has, like, a very, like, kind of honest, open face. He's not, like... Well, like he has wide open eyes, that's for damn certain. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't know. I, I think... I don't know. I really want to see him in other stuff. That'd be nice. Because he's got a totally different demeanor than, like, The Rock or, like... Or who's that other guy that's been in a lot of movies recently? Uh, Bautista. Yeah. Batista. Yo, Dave Batista. Yeah, he's got a totally different vibe from those guys, and I'd like it'd be. I think more wrestlers should get into acting because it pays more and it's much much safer, <laughs> and then we get to see them perform. But anyway, yeah. What do we have today, gentlemen? We have an apology today. Oh, why is that? Well, because you watched this movie, and we can't take back Money Plane. That's out there now. <laughs> We've all experienced it. 
But there is some balm for the soul to be had. Because this Mm. week's category was action documentary. Yes. Here's the problem with documentaries and why we (laughs) we should probably pause on them for a while. Because if you're (laughs) passionate enough about something to make a movie out of it, unless there's some terrible misguided, you know, someone dies in the middle of it, but then you have an even better documentary, it's going to end up cool. Like you're the guy Mm. on... YouTube, and all you talk about is how they make golf tees. Well, that's boring as hell, but if you... look, And th- this one comes from Norwegian pine spruce, and... Oh, whoa. Okay. I've tipped my hand already. <laughs> now, I'm not going to deliver the title just yet, but for reasons that will soon become abundantly clear, all of today's untitled.txt questions mm-hmm. are movies that are set... In or around amusement parks. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a big clue because, boys, these are some hard ones. Oh, boy. The scores are 66 to 66. Within two years of this film's release, SeaWorld profits had dropped 84%. Free Willy. Nope. Blackfish? That's the one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's also a document. Are they, wait, are they also all documentaries? Or Nope. Oh, okay. That was coincidental. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All documentaries set in and around amusement parks. Here it we go. There's thousands of them. <laughs> the cast members on the roller coaster had to ride it 26 times in a row on the same night in order to shoot this film's main premonition scene. Deadly. Oh, f- Final Destination. Which one? Uh, the first one. No. Oh, Two. no. It was. It was three oh you get there eventually it was three yeah i only heard two out of rye i skipped two because i knew it wasn't two yeah Uh, i i've never seen a single one of them so i was like oh no no no, fry 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 you don't watch one of a final destination movie you go on youtube and you watch all the death scenes they're very funny that's my least favorite scene is the death no 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 fry 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 do you remember the bus scene in in daywatch in Final Destination 1. <laughs> I told you I haven't seen the Final Destination movies. Fry, I haven't seen the movie either, but you can find the clip on YouTube. It's hilarious. The, I don't, the, the CGI I don't go is so bad. Films on YouTube. No, it's not like that, dude. It's 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 like oh, I was like, filmed oh, right look, over that, here. What oh yeah? Well, everything was filmed right over there, Russ, so stop bragging. Duke Kaboom was obviously inspired by real life stuntman Evil Knievel. Right down to his Canadian garb spoofing Knievel's red, white, and blue costume. Oh, no. I know this one. That is... Is that Ocean's 13? Duke Kaboom. No. Duke Kaboom? Well, it's not Ocean's 11, is it? No. Oh, okay. I was just sort of leeching off of Fry's I'm just going to say Ocean's 12 just to cover my bases. (laughs) Boys, that is Toy Story 4. I I never saw that one. Also, Dude. yeah, there's no amusement parks in any... Well, is a casino an amusement park? Some would say yes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the definition I'm using, but we can argue about it later. <laughs> I mean, some of them have roller coasters in them. It's true. No, no. Well, well, but that's Vegas, though. It doesn't really... <laughs> the gyrosphere from this movie was executive producer Steven Spielberg's idea. According to director Colin Trevorrow, Spielberg wanted to create a self-driving, free-roaming experience. It loads on a track, but once you're there, you actually... Jurassic get... Park. 
No, you actually get to navigate oh. around the valley in contrast to the confined Ford Explorer tour from that last movie. Jurassic World. That's the one. Oh, God. Wait a minute. Is that a theme park or is it a zoo? I guess it's kind of both, huh? <laughs> it, well, I mean, we've already had Blackfish. Ah. There's rides at SeaWorld, though, aren't there? If Maybe? you go to SeaWorld no, and sure. go on the Maybe. rides, I think you're missing the point. Although his character is on a constant hunt for Twinkies, Woody Harrelson is a vegan and does not eat them. According to Harrelson, the filmmakers made up special fake Twinkies out of cornmeal for the scene oh, at the end is, of this uh, movie. Zombieland. That's the one. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. The theme park that served as Wally World in this movie was actually Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. Is this National Lampoon's Vacation? That's the one. Vacation? Damn, like that. nice, right? Oh, yeah, Wally World. I was thinking of Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different, different places. So this movie has a beginning scene and an ending scene at an amusement park. Sol Urich wrote the book upon which this movie was based as a rebuttal to the romanticized view of street gangs presented in West Side Story. Greece. No, based on no. his experiences <laughs> as a New York City welfare department worker. Oh, oh, it's, so, so it's not Greece then. It's not Greece. <laughs> um, 1979. I, I do not know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure even what to guess on this one. Wow, interesting. Street gangs, a rebuttal to West Side Story. Warriors come out to play. Oh, yeah, of course. It is the Warriors. Oh, oh, I, I never watched that whole movie. I, I've, I've watched that in the last few months, but I'd forgotten there was an amusement park in it. That movie, no, that movie bored me to tears. I never got past the first, like, 15 minutes. So this next one, Act 2 is in an amusement park. Evelyn Venable, who was the physical model and voice of the Blue Fairy in this movie, was also the model for the original Columbia Studios logo. Lady with the Torch. And it takes place in a theme park? Act 2 Act does. Two? The Blue Fairy. 1940. Oh, okay. That that helps. Oh, is, is that Fantasia? No. Hmm. It is a Disney property, though. Yeah, I figured. Wait, 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 wait. It's got to be one of their live actions, maybe. Nope. In a theme park? A theme park. And it's 1940. Here's an even even bigger (laughs) hint for you. There exists today a real-life version of this theme park. That's not World of Tomorrow, is it? Oh, no. Brian, you got anything on this one? Gosh, no. I feel like I'm I'm pinging around it, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Boys, you'll kick yourselves. That is Pinocchio. <laughs> oh, that's right. Pleasure there was a creepy circus or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember any fairies in that movie. The one who makes Pinocchio into a real boy. Yeah, but that is. Oh, okay. But she. Oh, but she's in the very end, though, right? And the beginning. Oh, yeah, right. it's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> Michael Crichton became inspired to write this film after a trip to Disneyland, where he saw the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and was impressed by the animatronic characters. No, before Jurassic Park. Furthermore, the ride is mentioned in Jurassic Park when Dr. Ian Malcolm says when the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Unlike some other things. 
So he wrote this book that I assume was turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. After Wait, he... Crichton, Crichton didn't write Westworld. What are you talking about? Uh, James, was that your guess? Yeah, Westworld. That's, yeah, that's he the did answer. write Westworld. Yeah, I, I had forgotten the author. I just wanted to argue with Russ. Oh. <laughs> but it's clearly Westworld. <laughs> I was worried that I that, that like while I was talking, Fry had also said Westworld because I thought he was going to deliver that just then. Mm. No, no, you got to it first, James. Good job. Victor Wong was a veteran character actor, appearing famously as Walter Chang in Tremors, Chin Pao Shin in The Last Emperor, and as Egg Shin in Big Trouble in Little China. He also starred in a four-film series, the last of which marked his final on-screen appearance before his death. What was this last film? Can we get a year? 1998. Mm. And the last in a four-film series. Do all four of the films involve an amusement park or just the last one? No, just the last one. Was it Three Ninjas? Was he like their mentor or something? It is Three Ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Wow. Well done. Uh, that is Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> I, I guess that is. because of racism and stereotypes. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, he was their grandpa. Oh, but they weren't Asian. I don't remember what the... They might have been adopted. I don't remember. Oh, okay. so. There's just no way I, to know. I assumed he just he was the one who taught them how to throw CDs through people. Throw CDs through people. <laughs> I mean, I assume you. Why would you? Why would you throw a CD at someone if you didn't? You know, weren't proficient with it. Completely decapitate someone at the mall with a CD. No, they edit the blood out. It's fine. Yeah, then it's just. You like how I implied that they were actually killing people during the filming of the movie? (laughs) This isn't the Twilight Zone. Come on now. (laughs) Welcome to the scary door. Well, that would be four to fry. Three to James, bringing Fry to 70 and James to 69. This one's a knockdown, drag-out fight. Yeah, gosh. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I I have no idea. Like, action documentary. You don't have any guesses for us? An action documentary. Fry pitched Jackass Forever. Oh, I've seen all those. Okay. I was oh, on board with it. I did. I, I was just worried it would be just us describing Johnny Knoxville getting hit with the nuts with various I, animals. I like Jackass because watching it makes me feel like an emperor. It's like, it hurt no, yourself <laughs> for my amusement. But I don't like Jackass because, boy, those, those boys get real hurt, huh? You, they sir, kick hurt. that other man in the nuts right away. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come up with an elaborate contraption to kick that man in the nuts. <laughs> Rube Goldberg nut shredding machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I light the candle on the end of the... I'm Bam, Bam Marger and this is light your blender on fire and sit on it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was... One of my favorite things is listening to them just interact with each other. Because, like, I can't remember... It might have been Bam. I can't remember who it was. One of the guys on set was like, when he comes up with that idea, he doesn't write it down. He just draws pictures. And I'm like, brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of brain damage, this what is... A 2020, and this is Class Action Park. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, Fry, take it away. This park, I, here's, here's, a, here's a true story about me watching this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I assume this is ago, a theme park, given the theme. Yes, it is definitely a theme of the park. episode. 
Okay, uh, cool. A few years ago, I watched a fiction comedy movie called Action Point that was uh-huh. very closely based on the activities in this park. <laughs> and several times during the movie, I had this feeling of like, am I sure I'm not watching fiction? This can't be real. <laughs> that was the plot in that movie I watched. And it's like, no, the U.S. Marshals really did show up. And- <laughs> wow. Okay, so so given given the name of the documentary, I think, you know, I can assume a few things. So this was perhaps not the safest part. <laughs> <laughs> this thing was seven kinds of death traps, just all together. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> and it was. And then they built new ones. <laughs> What was Just, it, what was it called? Action Park. It was. It's called Action Park. It was located. <laughs> it's located in. It was located in Vernon, New Jersey, within I forty-five was, miles yeah. of New York City. Okay. Uh, very popular destination for people to go to in the summer. Oh my! And before I get into describing the park, because we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this park. Mm-hmm. I do want to actually talk about the documentary itself for a little bit. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, yeah, sure. It is narrated by John Hodgman, oh. uh, who does just a fantastic delivery of these ridiculous things that are happening. Yeah, yeah, like, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we, but you know, he's a uh, an actually good podcaster yeah. for one thing, and also Absolutely. like a professional guy that does talking and so, stuff. Yeah. John Hodgman, if you'd like to be on our show, uh, please just reach <laughs> John out. Hodgman does not want to be on this. Reach out to our our press agent. <laughs> And uh, we, we'll, we'll that's, get that sorted out. It's Russ, basically. We don't. If have you a press could agent. get us a press agent, that would help. Right? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine a world where it's like, and now, hey, James, watch this. Welcomes this American Life contributor. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? I actually don't think that's a good timeline because that means that like he's pretty hard up for stuff to do. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Or we've just caught the the public's imagination and just no, taken I off think, like I think we're doing about as well as we could expect. <laughs> that's fair. I agree. <laughs> All right. So they, they interview several people who had either worked there in the past or oh went there in the past. Uh, the interviews were fascinating glimpses into the history of this place and then it's it's interspersed with a lot of footage and photos of the park and so you really get a feeling like a sense of being there because you know lots of people (laughs) took home movies there and the, oh, wow. Like when they describe some of these attractions and then it cuts to grainy 80s footage of oh. people on these things and you're you just screaming in, into the void of the past, no, please don't. Yeah. Do not do well, this. It's, it's, it's a mixture of chilling and fascinating yeah. because like, wow. Oh, wow. Man, the age of home video, that was that was a hell of a thing. Most of the movie is is very lighthearted in tone there's a lot of just yeah. crazy shit being described i will say people did literally die here oh and yeah it no, does I, spend some time on the seriousness of that oh no we we you have to have some if somebody actually died you have to be at least a little respectful yeah you can't so just they, be making jokes they definitely you, you can't do that be, you, you know those computer voiced internet like shows where, where they're like you know, they talk about some horrible event and then they make a pun off of it. Like, don't do that. That's not no. cool. Like, we have interviews with some of the survivors' families and stuff like that. Yeah, which, by yeah. the way, 
an amusement park shouldn't have survivors' families. No, no. <laughs> I would I would argue that every every single person that visits an amusement park should be a survivor. At you know, yes, you know that's that's exactly right. There shouldn't it shouldn't be notable. Right, like, <laughs> I came <laughs> home from Action Park, marked safe. So let's talk about Action Park. So Action Park and the the movie takes you takes you through the history and how it got there. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you had a guy who got rich selling penny stocks, and <laughs> when the when the Securities and Exchange Commission finally put a stop to all that, I was about to say, wait, isn't that basically a scam? Like, yes, oh, yes, yeah. it is a okay, it is a scam. Okay. Cool. Um, but so you can't these days, but back in the halcyon days of the seventies, you could get away with that. It's a scam right, where you right. can make quite a lot of money. So he made quite a lot yes. of money, and then he was like, "Well, I guess I can't do this anymore." What's the obvious next step as a what? as a Wall Street trader? I'm going to open do not an understand. amusement park. You make all this money, and it's like all you have to do is invest that money in a safe ass like account and earn interest for the rest of your goddamn life. Why do these people? Well, I, I I think it's very clear that this was this guy's way of living out his best life. Like this is what he <laughs> wanted. For life. I would have hate to see what he was doing on an off day. An absolute death trap of, a, of an amusement park. And, and you can empathize, James, because in the same way that you watch the jackass guys dance like the marionettes for you, he got to do it with New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, but like it, with jackass, like they have agreed to do that. Otherwise, I would feel well, They agreed to go to Action Park. They did, they did. agree to they die on the to go in. <laughs> So, and, and to go back to your, your your the comparison oh. with Jackass and you just sitting there like I a don't king think this is a valid comparison. <laughs> they, I think it's a, I think this is even more Jackass than Jackass because the Jackass boys were getting paid to get hurt. These people yeah. are paying to get hurt. Please, Daddy, send me down yeah. the, the nail slide. No, but that's not what they. All right. So they, and part and part of it is that they did the, the big part of the documentary is that they welcomed it. It's like, oh boy, we're going to Action Park. My parents won't take me, but the divorced dad down the street will. That's actually yeah. a line. That is a line. Well, teenagers but, teenagers are notoriously danger prone. But similar to the the whole, you know, a king, you know, making people hurt hurt themselves for his amusement. Here's how they <laughs> tested rides as they were being emperor built. fry. Oh. So they built. This was the, the, the cannonball slide, I think it was called. The what? And it's an extraordinary... It, it looks like a fucking cartoon. Like, the, the, <laughs> the videos of this don't look real. It is a very tall water slide at a, uh-huh. a fully enclosed tube mm-hmm. at a very steep angle with a loop at the bottom before you get shot out into a pool. <laughs> at the bottom? At the Not bottom. How the physics middle. works. Yeah, so you've the the theory is you've gained all this speed from that descent, and that's gonna shoot you through the loop and then shoot <laughs> you out of it. Arguably, far. Well, first of all, it's a water slide, so you shouldn't have a loop de loop in a water slide because the water's not. Yeah, that's okay. gonna cause problems, ain't it? Oh my! How many people rip their all their skin off on well, this? Well, let me tell you what happened during testing because you were oh right on God. the money. Uh, well, first, to get people to test this slide, he he had his employees out there, and he was literally sitting at the bottom of the slide with hundred dollar bills for anyone who would ride the slide. So that's that's a bad sign. That's a real bad sign. But if you're 
a 16-year-old working at Action Park for the summer? Hey, that's an extra hundred bucks I'm going to make today. Oh, well, fuck yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, later. they tell the story of when they were testing this ride. And, it, by the way, they also mentioned that before they threw live humans down it, they would throw, <laughs> like, crash test dummies down it. And they all came out as a jumble of limbs. Like, <laughs> and if, if one came out like missing its head or something, they would know they had to make some adjustments. Yeah. I don't... Well, well hold on a sec. Wait. These brides are not usually designed by committee or madmen. They have like... They, you hire... Not them. here. Hey, hey, hey this... Bri, how many engineers did they use? Uh, that would be... That would be zero. That would yeah, just be the owner of the park who sketched this out on a napkin... And then they built it from that. That's so weird that, that, that his experience with scamming people with shitty stocks wasn't how, somehow useful in helping him design rides at a park. Well, he certainly did design rides. Were they safe mm-hmm. or pleasant or practical or good? Mm-hmm. No, but they were rides. I'm still trying to even... Okay, hold on a sec. I just want to walk through a like an experiment with you. Uh. Sure. So... Like a like a thought experiment. So I'm imagining this very tall slide with a with a fairly tight loop de loop at the bottom. Yeah. Even if the the person getting down the slide did not rely on the water to move them along, let's say the slide is a frictionless material. Let's say it's all Teflon, okay, or whatever. And even if you're on like a little Teflon sled, so there's very little friction, okay. You have to have the exact right amount of acceleration to just make it through the loop before you get... If you just zoom someone into a loop, they're going to go shooting at the side of the goddamn slide. Russ and that's fun. Hand. Yes, sir. Can I deliver a quote from the movie? Please. Let me put it this way. There's two places that you as a human could experience nine Gs. One <laughs> is in the backseat of an F-14. The other is at Action Park. <laughs> That's so fucking dangerous. People who came out of this uninjured. The few people who came out of this uninjured still came out of it like woozy and barely able to stand. And Yeah, they had concussions, forget, you, bro. <laughs> you've got to swim immediately at the end of that. <laughs> you couldn't decide, like... This is some shit you would expect to see in, like, an RPG dungeon. <laughs> Where it's like... You haven't even guessed what happens if somebody gets stuck in the tube. Oh, well, yeah. That's also obviously a huge issue. They, but, I mean, they also, God. just early on, just, just to really paint a picture of the horror of this place. Jeez. Early on, they had, you know, people, after the first few people went through, they had had people coming out with, like, gashes on them. And they were like... <laughs> How are they oh, getting right. lacerated in a slide? It's smooth in Is there. It, can I ask? Yes. So I see two, like just immediately assuming all of this is shoddy as hell. I don't think I see you're going to guess. Possible, maybe, maybe I won't, but I'm, I see two possible immediate. It's one a is the thing. edge. One is the edges of the of the tube sections weren't no, joined up and they were cut. The other all. one is bolt sticking through the slide. No, no, you were wrong. Okay, here's right. what it actually was. The first few people down the slide, the ones that didn't get lacerated, had hit the padding so hard they left some of their teeth embedded in the padding. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I would have. Jesus Christ! I would have never guessed. That. I could have. You could have guessed the rest of the night, and you would not have landed on someone else's teeth. <laughs> no. Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. But man, that wow! The cannonball slide is like a perfect. 
example of just what kind of thinking went into the designs of the rides at this park. Oh, but I, we, sorry, the movie is, goes oh. through so many more, There's and so it's just many. It's like Dante describing his journey through hell. (laughs) (laughs) Except it was real and people paid money to go to it in New Jersey. Oh my god. When they describe a ride, it's like, I ride. (laughs) When they like, yeah, that's the thing. Death trap. When they describe one of these experiences, like they'll stack three things and it's like, that's the worst, that's the worst, that's the worst. And then, oh, and also it was filled with bees. And. Saturation. That's a true part of the story. I'm still trying to get over the tooth thing, boys. Like, that's real. That's rough, that one. That is rough. Ugh. Okay. I'm, so, I'm ready. So, surprisingly, somehow, I mean, well, I don't know if there's a way to really rate the most dangerous ride at Action Park. It doesn't really feel like that's the kind of... I, I, think, I think what it is is it's a cumulative thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, so you've been you've been to water parks before, one assumes. Yeah, you've been in a wave pool, right? Like a nice, yes. fun, relaxing sort of thing. Y- yes, <laughs> Action Park took a slightly different view of it. <laughs> the, so, a couple things to know first: How uh, big were these waves? <laughs> when you're in the ocean, you're you're lifted up by the waves because the water is just so damn salty. You, yeah, it's you denser. Float, yeah, you float yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chlorinated water. Not nearly as buoyant. Nope. So that's something people don't expect. Number two, and this is maybe the one thing, the one thing you can't entirely blame on the park, is people would come to Action Park and they didn't know how to swim. And that to me feels like a mistake. Well, I mean, if you go, if you hear roller coasters and at the last minute your friend's like, oh, bring some some swim trunks, I can see how that could happen. Okay, but like wading shoulder deep into the wave pool is a place where you should know how to swim. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, you if you can't swim, you can go to a wave pool in any other water park and be fine. That's true. So yeah. not here. At Action Park, the shoulder deep level of the wave pool was nicknamed by the lifeguards and staff as the Grave Zone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and as a form of hazing, they would always assign that those chairs to the new lifeguards, who invariably, within the first hour of their job, had to save somebody's life. How many of these employees had PTSD after working at this fucking park? Several. You can God. see it in their eyes. They're not okay. Uh, you, you you can just there's a hauntedness there when they're talking about this they're they're like oh wow we did some okay we I wanna keep, did I, and saw and were around some fucked up shit i want to talk about the park a little more but i i'm curious because i've heard stories maybe not like this but i've heard stories about people who tried to do something and they ended up hurting a lot of people does this end so i'm curious how how self-aware this guy is so does he end up killing himself? Or what, what no. happens? No. Okay. Right. Eugene so Mulvihill kind of was not a good person. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not. I mean, I didn't assume he was, but I was just curious. There is no redemption about. arc here. Okay, yeah. You know, nope. I didn't think so. I was just curious. The only redemption is that time eventually takes all of us. <laughs> yes. So, multiple people died in the wave pool. The goddamn wave pool. 
But, you know what, let's talk about, like, the wave pool at least sounds like something that belongs in an amusement park. Yeah, they, sort of. They also had the Alpine Slide. Uh, the Alpine Slide is is covered extensively because it was the cause of death for the death we go into the most in this movie okay it was Action Park is built into the side of a mountain it was previously a ski resort so that helps maybe explain no it doesn't Uh, anyway (laughs) the side of this mountain they had built these like tight concrete paths that you were supposed to slide down on these these hard plexiglass and, and metal slides essentially that's called luging and it's a fairly dangerous activity if you don't know what you're doing yes yes uh well don't worry the slides do have a handle that you can use to slow down well hold on a sec they're not on a track no no sir that's not an amusement park ride i mean it's not not an amusement park it's, ride it's it's not anymore for sure no it just isn't so the good news is the sleds did have like a handle you could pull up to slow down and speed up and and so on the bad Mm -hmm. news is it didn't always work so ah let's talk about the design of this ride first of all you did have to take a chairlift (laughs) not really a ride (laughs) well the chairlift is a ride Sure. And this is just, maybe the chairlift is the ride and the alpine slide is just how you get back. But to the, the chairlift is probably the only thing he didn't build. It was probably there from the fucking ski park. Well, don't worry. He still got something wrong with it. Oh, Because nice. the, the teenagers who were going to this place loved nothing more than to try to drop their sleds as they were going up the... Uh, going up it and hit people on the track, which was directly below. Why were the... Okay, never mind. And and there was no one in... This was a very no-rules place. There was no one going to tell them, hey, please don't attempt murder at our amusement park. <laughs> because please let's don't be try clear, to compete with the rides. Sled, if you drop that sled from that height, you were committing murder. That was going to kill somebody. What I am curious about now is, I wonder what the teenagers' KD ratios were like. I mean, obviously the death would always be one, but I wonder how many kills they got in before the, a ride ultimately consumed them. They, they would talk about how they would come back from, like, summer vacation with, like, new scars. And like, oh, you went to Action Park, huh? And it's like, at one point he sees his friend, he's got, like, this massive scar on his hip. He's like, oh, you went to Action Park? And the kid's like, oh, no, I had surgery. <laughs> Oh my god. So, the guy who died on the Alpine slide, George Larson Jr., was the. the, He's covered the most in this particular documentary. He died on the Alpine slide. And we're Mm going to use this as an example for what a bad person the owner of the park was. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay. So, the way he died, the, the, the Alpine slide, by the way, was also essentially designed to make sure you threw off you were thrown off unless you knew exactly how to balance your weight and where to where to break like if you just went down it you were going to fly off can i i oh i have a structural question about yes. this ride well right this isn't a ride this is just losing with inexperienced people correct so yes okay are they lying down on a cart thing or are no, they no they're kind of like, sitting up you picture okay, a go-kart so kind of up, thing so what yeah. was that, Russ? Kind of like a go-kart thing, sort of. Except there's no motor, you just... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gravity is... Oh, this is so dangerous. So, at one point, George George gets thrown off the ride. And he he flies off the ride. And he's he's 
severely injured on impact to the point where he, he never comes back from the coma because oh he, he flies into a massive rock that the state of New Jersey had told the park to remove last summer <laughs> and was still there. Yeah, but let, that's not the problem with this park. <laughs> like, I, I mean, mean sure, those rocks... It's not like the park was safe except for those rocks. Yeah. Very clear. <laughs> so as soon as this news came out, the owner of the park put out into the press that like, look, this isn't my fault. He was an employee of the park. It was night and it was raining. And, you know, it's obviously those are unsafe conditions to do that. He should have known better. There were some problems with that statement. He was not an employee of the park. Uh, it, yeah. it was not night and it was not raining. So huh. all of the facts about the story were false. Uh, I do have other a question. <laughs> yes. I do have a question. Even if he had been an employee of the park, how does that make the ride less oh, he dangerous? Was, he was stressing it was an employee because that was also his excuse for not reporting it to New Jersey officials. You only have to report park guests who die, not employees who die, I guess, is the thinking in the Oh, 70s. I see. Wow. Now, this guy sounds like a grade-A scumbag. Now, while it was technically true that George had worked for a different part of the park earlier in the summer, he was there that day as a guest, and he didn't yes. work in that part of the park. And also, the park murdered him. All of these are yeah. true things. Yes. The owner of the park has made it, you know, made it very clear that he fights every lawsuit as bitter as can be. And even when he loses a lawsuit, he doesn't pay up to the point where the movie describes multiple times where U.S. Marshals had to show up at the basically the ticket office of the park with their, you know, guns and say, hey, we're taking this money we're owed. And literally the cashier would have to count it out of the till. That was the only way you could get a settlement out of this, or get the money out of this guy. The That's state tried to kick him out, which I thought was a thing you could do. But yeah. <laughs> apparently he fought it for so long and didn't pay the fines that they were levying him and all this stuff that they eventually just decided to sell him the land rather than deal with him anymore. Which, cool. Good solution. <laughs> Definitely the safe solution there. Hmm. It's an amazing, amazing story. They they had so many things in that in that park were ill conceived ideas, and the things that weren't ill conceived originally were made malicious by the inter interventions of the park owner as they were being built, and by park goers. Also true. Also true. What I the find so fascinating about this is, I thought when we started talking about this, this was just going to be about a place with some poorly maintained equipment. <laughs> but it's so no. much worse. It's like he designed the rides as a death machine. Yes. Like, the ethos of the park is described as being somewhere between Ayn Rand and Lord of the Flies. <laughs> well, here's a fun uh, thought experiment. There really isn't a difference between those two ideas. You start at one and you immediately go to the other. It was a place of 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 no rules. They they had a a shack. No rules, at the, at just the right. Imagine the advertising opportunities. They, they had a shack that the employees used mainly for fucking and doing drugs. Yeah, they, yeah. Regularly just had lifeguard posts unfilled as well. Like it's just places where people could drown and no one would see I mean, them or know. I mean I mean the shack for employees to uh do leisure activities in is fine. That's not really endangering. Now the lifeguard thing, that's a problem 
for sure. Wait until you hear the interview with the former medics. Oh my god, the shit they <laughs> no. got up to. I don't even yeah. want to. I don't even want to mention it here. God. They also the the city forced them to buy two ambulances for the city because they were using up all of the ambulance time. They they oh couldn't respond to other emergencies in the town because the ambulances were just always going back and forth to Action Park. Oh my god. This is insane. <laughs> the end of the movie they do compare the the kind of the kind of mind behind this to the minds behind Fire Festival and, and Theranos. <laughs> but, I mean, this, as the documentary itself points out, Action Park gave you what they said they were giving you. They, <laughs> you want no false advertising. A, a dangerous amusement park? Here it is. Whereas Fire well, Festival was, let's lure some people to an island and give them a cheese sandwich, as I yeah, understand. Yeah, Fire Festival was more of a scam. This is, this is more of a, this, a death machine. This was <laughs> a, a business of death. Yeah, very much so. Russ, have I, have I left out any parts that you would really like nope. to, uh, to point out as well? I, I, There's I'm so good. much. There I are things I that aren't a, included I here. I believe I have a clear picture. <laughs> the, oh, the places where people would just jump off a cliff into the water. So oh, cool yeah. yeah we've, we, like, like, we've said so much already. Like We, we yeah. need to leave you some meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, I want there to be something. So, uh, Russ, what would you like to uh, say about this? Hey, in 40 years, what will we be nostalgic for? Oh, probably these terrible things, huh? 2D movies. Yeah, I, 2D I think movies. manually driving a car. Yeah. That, that sounds likely, yeah. Putting together your own computer instead of just buying it all on this mm. one little chip. Might be oh, cooking yeah. food. Cooking? Yeah, I think, I think cooking will be around for a while. Well, it's all going to be pills. Didn't you see the Jetsons? <laughs> pills? <laughs> I wish I've always wanted a meal in pill form. It's so I, what I what I would love is sort of earlier parts of the day, breakfast, lunch. That's when I want the pills, and then for dinner, I want like a proper meal. Well, every generation always thinks the years of their upbringing was the good old days. But when I think nostalgia, and yes, I have to talk about nostalgia here because this whole movie is about like this you know fictionalized account of the 80s and how good things were but it was it was a meat grinder yes. but like when i think when the word nostalgia hits me it's usually me sitting on the floor playing my nes like yeah. it, it's always childhood i don't think i've ever been nostalgic for the bygone era of 2015 but i wanted to share with you a poem by former poet laureate billy collins called nostalgia and ah. Remember the 1340s? <laughs> we were doing a dance called the catapult. You always wore brown, the color craze of the decade, and I was draped in one of those capes that were popular, the ones with unicorns and pomegranates and needlework. And everyone would pause for beer and onions in the afternoon. And at night, we'd play a game called Find the Cow. Everything was, <laughs> everything was hand-lettered then. Not like today. Where has the summer of 1572 gone? Brocade and sonnet marathons were the rage. We used to dress up in the flags of rival baronies and conquer one another in cold rooms of stone. Out on the dance floor, we were all doing the struggle. <laughs> While your sister practiced the Daphne all alone in her room. 
We borrowed the jargon of farriers for our slang. These days, language seems transparent, a badly broken code. The 1790s will never come again. Childhood was big. People would take walks to the very tops of hills and write down what they saw in their journals without speaking. Our collars were high and our hats were extremely soft. We would surprise each other with alphabets made of twigs. It was a wonderful time to be alive or even dead. I'm very fond of the period between 1815 and 1821. Europe trembled while we sat still for our portraits. And I would love to return to 1901, if only for a moment. Time enough to wind up a music box and do a few dance steps. Or shoot me back to 1922 or 1941, or at least let me recapture the serenity of last month when we picked berries and glided through afternoons in a canoe. Even this morning would be an improvement over the present. I was in the garden then, surrounded by the hum of bees and the Latin names of flowers, watching the early light flash off the slanted windows of the greenhouse and silver the limbs on the rows of dark hemlocks. As usual, I was thinking about the moments of the past, letting my memory rush over them like water rushing over the stones on the bottom of a stream. I was even thinking a little about the future, that place where people are doing a dance we cannot imagine. A dance whose name we can only guess. Yay! Now, when I oh. think of nostalgia, I also think of the late 80s and early 90s like Action Park does. And the reason for that is because that's when everything was new and I was experiencing fun for the first time. And when everything mm -hmm. is new, everything slams into your memory like a freaking roller coaster beheading. And <laughs> And we like to think about the good old days, that they were somehow more carefree and we had fewer problems. But when you stop and actually think about it, I, had j I just had different problems. My parents fought 100% of the time, and I would cry over my homework when I didn't understand it. I've never cried about my current job, so why is there nostalgia? And it's like that weird phenomenon in 80s movies where they have everything in neon colors, when in reality, everything was just the same shade of brown. Yeah, I, I was about yeah. to say, uh, I actually, you know how they depict the Middle East in movies today? Yeah. That's what that's the, the 80s, 80s are like for me. It's that it's that gray, there's the, that, that yellow dusty filter. That's what it was like. I asked my wife, who lived 2,000 miles away from me, what color her carpet was in the 80s. And she said brown, just like mm -hmm. mine. Oh, speaking Ours of which, was brown and orange, <laughs> or brown and orange. Sometimes you got orange. Speaking <laughs> of which, do you remember those brown translucent ashtrays that they had at McDonald's? Those yes. are going for two hundred dollars on eBay. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, here's what this movie does the best. It doesn't glorify this nostalgia. It acknowledges that it wasn't a good thing. But the fact of the matter is your formative experiences stick with you forever and they always look better than they actually were because your formative experiences might have been throwing car batteries at someone in the lazy river. <laughs> we can't help but remember the past and Class Action Park reminds us that our memories are very broken even before we cracked our skulls falling off that water slide. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. 
Yes, I, I, I agree. Nostalgia is a trick. It's an illusion of memory, a little bit like an optical illusion, only it's an illusion about the things that you think you saw or remember. Also, all the cars were shit in the 80s and 90s. Another thing to remember. Those Mercs weren't. <laughs> all the cars were shit compared to the cars of today. Oh, yeah. You could take a top-end supercar from the 80s, and, and a fucking Corolla would kick its ass in the race course. <laughs> well, I mean, now. It's like it's lost yeah, 100 that's horsepower. Point. That's my point. Is is Anyway. Wonderful, you guys. Yeah, of course I'm going to watch this. I have to know more oh, about this fucking death trap of a it park. Is. Yeah, Oof. obviously. So, uh, what are you guys? Uh, what are you watching, Russ? Oh, boys, 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 boys. God of War Ragnarok. Believe oh, yes. the hype. Oh, no spurlers. Deary gracious sakes alive. If you liked the nope. first one, you're going to like this one. I let the, the character development's blowing me away. I don't know well, what I, mean, I expected, but it wasn't this. It's good. Well, that, that's what I want out of it, yeah. I saw Avatar 2 this weekend. Oh, you really? did not. You saw, you saw Avatar 2, the, 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 the wetning water tribe or The whatever? shape of water. Uh-huh. Avatar 2. I, and here's the Avatar 2, the shape of water. Let's just take a moment <laughs> yeah, to acknowledge yeah, yeah, that joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Well done, well done. I, I accidentally saw it in 3D. <laughs> I didn't think they still made movies in 3D, and I was just trying to buy the next available showing. I was like, "Oh, cool!" And IMAX. I like IMAX theaters; those, those are goddamn big. glasses. And then I, I get there, and they hand me those glasses, and I realized my mistake. But here's the thing: I'm glad I saw it in 3D. The movie is beautiful. It is so God. It is. It is so beautiful to watch. Is it? I know you're having trouble caring about that and you're wrong because it it's beauty should be enjoyed for its own own sake fry stop are annoying and distracting fry and stop. avatar is a stupid M- my lotion my is out of reach this is a dry wank <laughs> oh this wank is the, very dry uh, uh yeah i fry james cameron is a huge dildo i don't care he made an amazing movie and you should watch it <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. The first one, I almost walked out of the fucking theater. And it wasn't just me. It was me and oh, my parents. And my better. fucking sister watched it on Christmas Day because we wanted to do something a little different for Christmas. And we almost walked out of the fucking theater. We were like, this is the worst movie I've ever fucking seen. Avatar fucking gave me dances syphilis. with cats. What, Russ? Avatar gave me syphilis. Yeah, it's... It's a bad movie, Fry, and I don't think you should support this franchise. Also, I, despite the confusion in the titles between this and Airbender, he seems like he might actually be trying to go for that. Like, if the next one is about the Fire Nation, you'll know. Or the, yeah. or the, or this the, is probably the last one will be called the Last Airbender. Yeah, for sure. I sure hope so. But the I also I got to tell you, since you're never going to watch this movie, <laughs> I know no. I know you loved how they came to the world of pandora the first time for unobtainium Mm -hmm. but you may be wondering why are they still here didn't they leave at the end of the first one what what alien thing do they want now well it turns out the whole reason they're here now is that inside the basically whales that live on this planet there's a gland in their (laughs) brain james cameron you fucking hack there's a gland in their brain it's that produces a liquid yeah, that makes human beings Fry. from a different Fry. planet immortal. 
Fry, it's spermaceti. We we get it. It's This is the dumbest fucking... It's not even... You, you can't call that a metaphor. It's just a thing that they were doing during the whaling age. But Wait. don't worry. These whales are intelligent and can talk. I've of course I've just are. learned that this uh, substance is called Amrita. That is... That, that, that is no. also Sanskrit for immortality. Perfect. Oh, in the movie? Oh, Jesus mm. fucking Christ. James Cameron is a dildo. I don't, I don't like him. He's a bad man, and I dislike his movies. I, How about that? I okay. think it is perfectly reasonable to go to a movie and turn off your brain and right. enjoy the spectacle of it. And God, Damn what it. a spectacle this There's movie a is. difference between a they movie being survive. inoffensive enough for you to ignore the shit parts and a movie slapping you in the face with a huge dildo the whole time. Unless you're into that, that's fine. You're, but you're too most people busy. don't want that. You're too busy to even think about that. Because your eyes are just like, I didn't know I could see this much. Actually, you know what's funny? I remember people praising the visuals for the first film. The color barf, especially in the scenes where they're trying to ride their, or capture, I don't know, subdue those animals in the forest with their sex hair. Yeah. That scene was so fucking colorful and moved so fast, I couldn't follow what was fucking going on. Russ, go ahead. Hang on a minute. Stephen Lang, didn't he die in the first one? Wait, he was the bad guy, right? Yeah, he died at the end don't, when when, don't when worry, one of the avatars, when one of the blue people like stabbed him through because so, the, they broke the mech window and then they stabbed. So him this with his is own knife. so this is the D and D campaign where the character dies and then you take three steps and he wa- and he walks up again and he just says, "My name's Junior." No, yeah, he's he, in this movie. He is back because they cloned him into the body of a Pandoran. Uh, so that he could fight against them. So wait, can't, I, I have a question. Can they do that with everyone? Yes. Apparently. Then what meaning has death? I have a question. Nothing. Death God is meaningless in this world. Actually, I have two questions. One, why don't they care about the unobtainium? God, that's such a dumb fucking name. Why don't they care about the unobtainium anymore? And two, why didn't they go with the original strategy, which I assume was carpet bombing after the whole Avatar plan failed? Why? Why would? Why would you bring troops... Troops are expensive. Military gear well, is expensive. Precious ambergris. Just carpet bomb the fucking yeah. place and take the goddamn shit. Precious destroy, ambergris, James. If you destroy the planet, they won't keep making new whales for you to drink. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say destroy the planet. The the unobtainium shit is under the tree, right? No, they don't care about that now. They're the un- Wait don't a worry, don't even think about unobtainium. We are leaving the forest in this movie and we are not looking back. Is this a QAnon analogy? Maybe. I'm glad to say I don't know enough about QAnon to say if it is. Oh. Is that why you still have faith in humanity? You should go read up on that shit. Not doing that. No, sir. <laughs> All right, James, <laughs> what have you been watching? You. Fuck Avatar. Oh, me? Uh, yeah, fuck Avatar. Uh, I watched a few more episodes of Wednesday. It's still kind of fair to Midland for me. It's not really, it's not really what I was hoping for. But yeah. Uh, also, I watched Money Plane for some fucking reason. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. So shall we spin the wheel? We shall. Remove. Hold on. Hold on, Buckaroo. I already we set it some... up. It's perfect. Okay. <laughs> take, take documentary and romance off of it. I already did that. Comedy. Okay. Comedy. Oh, this is, is going to be interesting. Comedy. Comedy what? Comedy what? You want, a, you want a second spin? Yeah, let's Fuck do you. comedy what. Please don't be drama. Please don't be drama. Oh. Comedy, comedy thriller. thriller. Okay, yeah. God, that okay. was close. 
Okay. All right, we can find a good one of those. Yeah, comedy thriller. That's I fucking hate dramedies. Okay. This was this was lost on the listeners, but one of those squares on on our wheel was Avatar oh, Two: The Way of Water. I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Fry, you son of a. Well, I wouldn't have watched it anyway. I guess it wouldn't have mattered. You can pitch it all you want. I still, uh, I, I just thought it would be a funny thing to add on there. It is. I, I, have, <laughs> I have no desire to try to do that for the podcast because I know it's it's a fruitless battle. Yeah, there's you have zero like Fry. There are movies that I dislike because they're stupid, like the first Transformers movie, right? But you know, I get, I I understand Michael Bay. He made a lot of money, and he doesn't care about the story or the movie. He just wants your money, and I that's a motivation that while I don't respect it, I understand it. But James Cameron, while he does like money, he is sold on this Avatar thing. He thinks we're all going to be interested in the world. And, and it's we going to are. be its own cinematic universe. Statistically, and one third of us are. all he makes is fucking trite every single, nowadays. How does every single person in the world see this movie once? That's the wildest thing. Yeah. It, it's it's And then no one will ever think about it again. Just like no one ever thought about the first one. because Y'all remember that what? sketch where the logo was just papyrus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, I I actually watched a YouTube thing on that where they were where they were talking about that, um, and they had talked about other like racist fonts like chop suey and all that other stuff, and it's like that, webdings. You know what you did? No, I don't. I think webdings is just. But uh, but yeah, it was fascinating. Basically, they did just use the papyrus font. It was really close, really really close. Yeah, that's okay. They paid the dollar to download it. Fry next week. I'm going to talk to you about it because I remember you said it takes you about a week to realize whether you truly like the movie or not. <laughs> Next week, we're going to talk about it and you're going to tell me what the names of some of the characters are. And if you don't remember, I can name no three down, again just to get ready. No writing down. That's cheating. The movie has to have made an impact on you because if it didn't make an impact on you, your argument's looking thin, bud. This movie sucks. To link their neural taps with the whales you have to swim the, inside its mouth the sex hair yeah it's called sex hair yeah God. you swim inside its mouth and at the back of its big a, mouth there's a nerve ending you can connect to hey do you remember that scene everyone, in the first man. movie when he's trying to subdue that big red flying thing and when he finally I like forces it into sexual submission he says you're mine to yeah. the uh, giant bird yeah, animal yeah. that's BCL. this one's less sexual even no, though I one of them is inside the other one I've always That's... wanted to fuck a whale's mouth. No, no, well, yeah, but like you, animals can't give consent, so it's like moral. No, these can. can. They, they can, can talk. talk. No, no, it's, it's like wrong. yes. Put your sex <laughs> hair on me. All right, I think we better sign off. I love that sex hair. A like whale so wouldn't... many of our podcasts, this one has ended in us fucking a whale. A whale wouldn't you would you would not be able to do anything for a whale, and that's not a personal insult. None of us would. All right. I've got a me I can use. <laughs> Avatar's fucking dumb, and James Cameron is a hack. Alright. Thank you everyone for listening to Hey James Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink bleach.